Hello, my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast. It is Friday, December the 17th, and wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's life. I wish you God's goodness today. May you be wrapped in the joy and the hope of this season, huh? So I am sitting here, and uh, whispering next to me are my son and my wife. And so if you hear some whispers in the background, no, that is not white noise that I'm keeping on behind me. But, uh, okay, let's talk about what's going to happen beginning today. So what you're going to see is we are making a turn. And today's gospel, if you can't get it with the gospel, you know, I don't know what else is going to tell you. But we are now a week out from um, Christmas Eve. So we begin today what is called the O Antiphons. And that is the eight days leading from the 17th of December through and including the 24th of December, where every day, now, now liturgists who are, are pure, let me just say that, would say we shouldn't be singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, until starting this day, because each verse, if you sing each verse, one for each day, and you take the first letter from each one of those verses that, uh, beginning today, the 17th through the 24th, and you take that anagram, it would mean in, um, in, in I don't know, I believe it's in, in Hebrew, uh, tomorrow he comes, meaning it's an anagram for the coming of the, the Savior on Christmas Day. And so the O antiphons are, are a big deal within the tradition of the church. But what you're going to see in the Gospels is now we are approaching the birth. We are preparing for it. And so we are going to be steeped for the next seven days in the nativity um, narratives. So what, what does that mean for us, brothers and sisters? It means we are going to be in Matthew and we're going to be in Luke because those are the nativity narratives. We're going to hear of the genealogy. We're going to hear of the Archangel Gabriel. We are going to hear of Mary and Elizabeth and Zechariah and Elizabeth and all those things that prepare us for a week from tomorrow. And in fact, this gospel that I'm going to read today, and it's a long one, and frankly, it's not an exciting one. I'm, I'm warning you already. It's a long and not so exciting one. This would be the gospel for um, the vigil on Christmas Eve. Not the midnight mass one. Those are gorgeous. But for the vigil reading uh, at dusk on Christmas Eve were churches to do it. So there's a little bit of background before we begin today, brothers and sisters, with the gospel of Matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 17. So let's begin this turn as we, as we make our way down this final stretch for the coming of our Savior into our lives, into creation, into our world, into our hearts. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham became the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah became the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. 
Perez became the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab became the father of Nahashan. Nahashan, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz became the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed became the father of Jesse. Jesse, the father of David the king. David became the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon became the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asaph. Asaph became the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Joram. Joram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah became the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah became the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amos. Amos, the father of Josiah. Josiah became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the Babylonian exile. After the Babylonian exile, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, the father of Abuid. Abuid became the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Azor, the father of Zadok. Zadok became the father of Achim. Achim, the father of Eliud. Eliud, the father of Eleazar. Eleazar became the father of Mathan. Mathan, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Of her was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Thus, the total number of generations from Abraham to David is 14 generations, from David to the Babylonian exile, 14 generations, and from the Babylonian exile to the Christ, 14 generations. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I've said this before, forgive the fact that I'm not very clever, but if you out there are ever going to write a book, this is not the way to start. Oh my gosh. I mean, my goodness, your readers won't even get to chapter two because they're going to be like, what is this? But remember who Matthew is writing to, right? Matthew's got a different audience than Luke does. Luke is writing to the Gentiles. Matthew is writing to the Jews. And to a Jewish audience who were Jewish Christians, it would be important to understand their lineage. The Gentiles, that was less important. They wanted to understand that they too were grafted onto the vine. They wanted to understand that this Christ, this Jesus, who was Messiah, who was Jewish, also came for them. And that's why we have stories like the Good Samaritan. And that's why we have stories like the Prodigal Son. And that's why we have those stories that are Jesus reaching beyond the boundaries. But with Matthew, we want to see a Jesus who is rooted in Judaism. And Judaism knew that the Messiah would come through the line of David. So Matthew starts out that way, not only by tying him to the line of David, but by tying him all the way back to Abraham. Saying, this truly is because he's truly the one who is to come. And not only, did you notice Okay, so obviously Joseph was the father of, of uh, Jesus, right? The, the wife of Mary, it said at the end. 
uh, Joseph, the husband of Mary, of her was born Jesus, who was called the Christ. Did you notice who Joseph's father was? Might not make any big deal to you, right? And, and maybe it shouldn't, but to a Jewish person, it would. Who was the father of Joseph way, way back? If you think way back in Joseph and the coat of many colors, right? The dreamer, right? Because this Joseph, by the way, is going to be, God is going to talk to him through dreams too. That, that's no accident. So who is the father of Joseph and his many brothers way back? Well, it was Jacob, right? Jacob, who, whom they also called Israel, who had 12 brothers, but his favorite was Joseph, or had 12 sons, excuse me, and his favorite was Joseph. And Joseph had dreams. And in these dreams, he would interpret them and show how he was going to rise above his brothers and his brothers didn't like it and ultimately threw him into a cistern to die. And then said, nah, let's sell him off to these wandering Ishmaelites. He's as good as dead that way. And we get money for it. And Jacob here is the father of Joseph, who this Joseph, when he learns that his wife is, is pregnant with a baby who he knows is not his own, wishes to divorce this woman quietly because he's a good and righteous man. And the angel comes to him in a dream, right? Now, I'm probably stepping on stories that are going to come next week. So I'll just stop there. But it makes sense that Jacob is the father of Joseph. Brothers and sisters, in, in our day and age, I think of my father-in-law, who is relishing and has relished these last, I'd say, 10, 15 years, diving deep into his ancestry and helping others to do the same whether it's through Ancestry.com or, or, or what, whatever website it is. But um, he loves finding out more about his ancestors because it helps him understand more about who he is and how he came to be here and what that means for him, for his wife, and his family. It grounds him. And that's what Matthew's inviting us to do with this gospel, is it's inviting us to know not only who our ancestors are, not only proving that this Christ is of the line of David and so Jesus can be believed, but it helps us understand where we come from, who we are, and what we're about here and now. It grounds us. Yes, from a literary point of view, this is a terrible way to start a book. But Matthew isn't worried from a literary point of view. He's not trying to write a biography of Jesus. He's trying to write a statement of faith about who Jesus is. And because of that, brothers and sisters, and make no mistake, because of that, he's trying to write a statement of who we are. And this is the beauty of this gospel is God, the history of Scripture, let me say it this way, the history of Scripture is God using anyone and everyone who will say yes to his coming into the world. God is not picky. 
you would think God would only use the pious and the holy and the upright and the just and the good. But Matthew, in 17 verses, blows that out of the water because that is not what he's doing here. God is showing that God will use anyone. He will use not only males, which, by the way, during an ancestry of that time, it was only male. It was a patriarchal society. But in Matthews, he uses male and female. He uses Jew and Gentile. He uses saint and sinner. David is in here. And David is, is as good as they come. Abraham's in here. But you know who else is in there? Plenty of others who weren't so great. Who weren't so great at all. And I'm not going to go into the history and say this one, this one, and this one, and this why. Most of these, I would say 90% of these names, I couldn't tell you anything about. But I could tell you which ones were, quote-unquote, the saints, and which one, quote-unquote, were the sinners. But you know what I know? They were all in this. They were all in this lineage. They were all in this ancestry. They were all in the family tree. And because of all of their yeses, Christ was born into the world. God became human. This doesn't just mean, brothers and sisters, that we have black sheep in our family and that we can look back on our ancestry and find the Satan sinners. What it also means is God sees within each one of us individually when each, within each of these communities of which we are a part. You know, I, I sorry, diatribe, I, a, a little bit of a tangent here. I, I, you know, just was talking with somebody this last week, two days ago. Good man, good man. So glad to have talked to him. Uh, but he's so angry at the church and, and won't want anything to do with it. You know what? For good reason. For some of the ways that he was treated and some of the things that, that uh, he was taught at the time. And, and it is that same church that I love, that I love. But it is saint and sinner. It is, brothers and sisters. And I don't say that to disparage it. I say that to be honest about it. And that God can use that because God has used that. And God will use it again. But we don't have to hide from that fact. We don't have to hide from our families that we are saints and sinners. We don't hide from the fact that we as individuals are saints and sinners. And God says yes to it all. What this invites us to, brothers and sisters, is saying yes to who we are and saying yes to that invitation that is in front of us today. That's that's as good as it gets because it's into this world now that God desires to be born. Because you know what? If God isn't here, I'll even go so far as to say, what good is it? What good is God? If God isn't present in the here and now, in this moment, in this place, how is God serving us? But God is present. And you and I, through our yeses, continue to open that conduit so God can be more present. Listen, last thing I'll say. God was not afraid to break down the walls of in and out in this lineage. Matthew puts it right up front. Matthew Uh, he had courage. Let's just say it that way. 
he had courage to put it right up front, right here, in the first 17 verses. might be boring, but it's courageous and it's beautiful. Our God does not allow in and out. Instead, he breaks down all those walls right away, right away, to say it's not about men, women. It's not about Jew, Gentile. It's not about saint, sinner. It's not about good, bad. It's not about in, out. I can use it all. All we have to do is say yes to the invitation that is given to us today. Let's pray. So we conclude, brothers and sisters, the glorious mysteries today, which makes perfect sense because next week we're going to be in the joyful, and that's right where we should be as Christmas starts. So let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The fifth glorious mystery, Mary is crowned Queen of Heaven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, have a wonderful Friday and the best weekend. As we prepare for the coming and as we draw closer and focus more on these nativity uh, and and, uh, these infancy narratives, may God bless you well. God's peace.